I think now more it's either you're focusing on really strong, really good, high quality content or SEO is getting pushed more into the product realm. We're going to have to start looking outside of SaaS if you haven't already for your marketing and your messaging inspiration. You know, brands really need to invest in finding unique ways to stand out. They may not search the way we search today. They may search by image. They may search by video. They may search by blasts. But it's going to be that type of human-focused content. It's going to still be helping people find the information they're looking for, helping them throughout their journey. And if we can approach it from that perspective, understanding credibility and suitability, that's where we're going to win the SEO game long-term. We all strive for more nowadays, more traffic, more revenue, more growth. In this never-ending battle for more, it's easy to forget what's important. So what is important? Building real relationships with real humans and trying to be better each day without caring quite so much about getting more. After all, by building real and meaningful relationships, you'll have way more than you ever need. The SaaS SEO Show is a platform for meaningful connections and honest conversations with people who are real, hardworking practitioners and high performers in the SaaS industry. We're here to learn and get inspired by them, and we hope you do too. Now, here's your host, George Cassiotis. For many years now, people, you see this clickbait, YouTube videos or articles, SEO is dead and so on. But SEO is still here, right? I would like to hear your thoughts on the future of SEO, if there is actually a future for, for SEO professionals. And if there is, what would you say that future will look like? Oof, yeah. Um, I think the future of SEO, it, as long as there are websites, there will be SEO. And we've heard it, SEO is going to be dead, you know, I mean, 10 years. I've heard that five, six, seven times. I mean, it's, that, here's an SEO killer. It will never kill it. Um, I think a lot of the kind of more spammy, you know, blasting links, doing all the fun stuff that we did back in the day, like that, I think is dead. I think now more it's either you're focusing on really strong, really good, high quality content or SEO is getting pushed more in, at least our world, into the product realm. So product management and SEO product management is kind of this new or new-ish thing that some companies are doing and some companies aren't. Um, I think that SEO is going to be less of a marketing activity and more of a product activity where it's an investment in the product or at least in how the product is implemented for SEO professionals to be working with designers, working with the engineers who are building these to do it in a scalable, efficient, correct way. Where if we're spending the money to to maintain these products, like we, we can leverage these products to generate SEO or generate value by taking user input, creating additional pages and additional value and kind of pushing that out in the world. So I think SEO is going to move a lot stronger in the product direction for kind of larger, particularly marketplaces, but larger companies, larger websites. And then you're going to have that focus still on, on really strong high quality content. And I think we, all, we both know, we've seen AI content. I think you can kind of tell when you read it. And I think users and readers are really smart and discerning and if they come somewhere and they see this frequently they're like okay i can't trust this brand anymore or they're taking the shortcut they're giving me garbage i'm gonna go somewhere else there is a future of seo and online marketing it's not dead people have been saying it's dead for ages we built the 21st fastest growing company in the united states according to inc magazine 
through SEO. Now, we've done many things since then to continually grow. SEO will not build you the biggest company in the world or anything like that, nor will paid advertising, but you're going to have to take an omni-channel approach. You're going to have to do SEO. You're going to have to do email marketing. People say email marketing has been dead for ages and people don't use email, yet MailChimp sold for double-digit billions. So is email marketing really dead if MailChimp sold for that much? Or look at Clavio. Clavio filed to go public. And uh, the what I read online is they either do 600 or 700 million a year in revenue. Email marketing can be dead if they're doing that much in revenue, right? But we all have these notions in our head. Oh, there's this new shiny object, TikTok. We should be spending all our time on that. And I'm not saying you shouldn't leverage TikTok, but there's all these old, boring, ugly channels that still produce massive ROIs. You should be doing those first because they're proven and then spend a portion of the time on TikTok and whatever else is new that people are talking about. The future is all about entity understanding. Google's understanding in the entity. And I think what people are missing, and I've said this before in this episode, is the confidence it has in that understanding. And for understanding, what it's looking for is close, strong, and long relationships. The closer, the stronger, the longer, the better. So we need to build up that understanding of the machine using our understanding of how knowledge graphs work, how our human brains work. And the better we can build up that understanding about who we are, what we do, and who we serve, the more Google is going to be able to match its perception of its users' need to its perception or its understanding of what we actually offer. And then once it's understood that we offer the same thing as a competitor, the differencing, the difference between the two will be the credibility, which is expertise, authority, and trustworthiness. And that's going to be basically the foundational key, understanding, credibility. And then the third one is actually suitability, which is an interesting concept, which is if it's understood what I offer corresponds to the needs of its user, it's understood that I'm the most credible solution, but is my content in the correct format to be suitable to be used in its search? Because what it wants to do is fill its SERP with the content that's going to best serve its users. So you have a triple concept that we're going to need to work towards that I've been talking about for a couple of years now, is we need to focus on Google's understanding of what we do, who we are, and who our audience is. It's appreciation of our credibility as a legitimate solution, the best solution for its user and creating content or presenting our offers in a format that is suitable for Google's product, because Google's product is its SERP. Google's selling the SERP as a product to its users, and it's the advertising that pays for it, obviously. And if we can approach it from that perspective, understanding credibility and suitability, that's where we're going to win the SEO game long term. So I think we're just going to see a continuation of the trend, which is, um, you know, SaaS is moving away from rocket ships and towards toilet paper in terms of commoditization. That's not to say SaaS is toilet paper; like it's not as it's not more valuable than toilet paper. It is, arguably, <laughs> but uh, but uh, what what I mean is, you know, 
going forward, there's just going to be lower barriers to entry, not higher barriers to entry. There's going to be more competitors, not fewer. They're going to do a better job, not a worse job of competing. And so when you get that, what you end up with is categories loaded with perfectly good solutions, doing a really good job of communicating what they do. And so we're going to have to start looking outside of SaaS, if you haven't already, for your marketing and your messaging inspiration. We should be looking at, um, you know, um, CPG, like uh, packaged goods. We should be looking at them for inspiration because they have a long history of trying to win despite competing against very similar uh, products, trying to stand out, be memorable, be noticed. Um, so yeah, to me, that is like the biggest trend that I've got my eyes on right now. And that's where I think this idea of a cat- telling a category story, why us not them, and this idea of you know moonshot messaging, that CODA example. Um, saying things that aren't just accurate and um, that don't just uh, that aren't relevant to your customers, but kind of go a step further than that and are risky and jarring and um, have stand a chance of actually being noticed and recalled like we both did here, despite not being customers of the company. Um, that's that's kind of where I see us going. One thing I've been believing more and more is that if you go back a few years, whatever it was that Brian Dean wrote that post about skyscraper, right? And I'm sure people have come to you and said, hey, can we get a skyscraper for something? And now everybody does it. And now the whole, like everything in the SaaS space is filled up with these just monstrosities of like big guides. And to be honest, like I've, I've contributed to this. So I have like, I, I can't even knock it too much. Uh, right. Yeah. Everyone has. <laughs> um, and we do the, there's this weird dissonance that marketers do where they separate the way that they know they behave as humans, as searchers, as customers, as whatever, relative to the work that they do. And I think like I have a decent attention span overall, but for a regular human being in almost 2022, it means like I have no attention span. I'm, I'm going in and out of searches all day. I barely read anything. I'm like, a content marketer in a way, and I still have a hard time sitting there and reading everything. I've looked at, you know, hot jar data with heat maps and videos. And a lot of people read stuff, but a lot of it is the most like just up and down and all over the place. And anyway, what that leads me to is I'm seeing more and more signs from Google that they don't need to see everything on a page for it to do well. So the, the current thinking right now is if you want to be an expert on whatever the topic is, you need to bludgeon your audience to death with every, the history of what is this, how to do it, best practices, blah, blah, blah. And one thing I saw with the with looking at the way people interacted with that hot jar content I mentioned is when we had shorter pages that were divided up, people were able to navigate and go directly to what they wanted. And I, so I think that'll get more popular. And then the next step of that is Google is going to get better at not even needing to have all all the relevant terms and everything written down on a page. So between interactive content where you sort of, it's not that the traditional thing where you say, Hey, this page needs to get a clear scope score of whatever, and everything needs to be on it. It's going to be a lot more about depth and alternative formats like video. I've seen interesting things, even from I've taken inspiration from places like the New York times where they have content that you click through and it's multiple choice. Ultimately, when you look at the way people interact with all media, they like TikTok, Instagram has their whatever product, YouTube has their whatever product. It's all about all these quick hits and letting people opt in and opt in and make choices. So why is it that our search strategies are assuming that people want to read novels every day as they research basic things? Like it doesn't add up. And the reason we do it is because it's what works. 
And I'm starting to see more and more signs and whenever I see them, I share them with my team and close friends in the industry of content that's ranking that totally defies all the other content. It is either, you know, sort of a slideshow clicking through, maybe it's a video, maybe it's other stuff. And like everything in SEO, Google tests things and then more and more. And then when some things start working, more people do it. And then the floodgates will open and everyone will start to do it. So I think in, I don't know how many years, like maybe three, four five, we're going to look back and say, whoa, like now we're creating content. The content we're creating is similar to these other channels. And we're going to say, wow, do you remember the time when we used to tell, we used to pay writers a bunch of money to write 10,000 word articles? Oh, wow. That was kind of ridiculous, wasn't it? So anyway, that's my sort of big hypothesis for the future. I like that. And I, I would say that it's very close to my own personal feelings and uh, observations from from organic search that if I could you know, give it a, a name, user experience and what people feel when they visit the website and interact with, with that website, this will play a key role uh, moving forward. Uh, that's a great question and, and, a, and a great point. I think in SaaS SEO, especially things can tend to be a little templatized. You know, we, we know the things that work and those things get replicated and we see a lot of SaaS companies in with, with different types of products targeting a lot of the same things. So I think, you know, over these next few years, I mean, it, it's going to sound a little cliche, but like, you know, brands really need to invest in finding unique ways to stand out, creating more content around authenticity or that's, that's authentic and investing more in, in thought leadership and, you know, being open to having guest contributors that have expertise in certain areas. Um, I mean, I can speak to that for, for ClickUp, you know, we, we have so many features and use cases. Our, our authors really shouldn't be the, the source for everything and, and, and to be open to that, um, to, to finding people that can speak maybe a little bit more agile because it is their, their, in their workflow every single day. I think the the brands that in, that invest in those things are are going to win and stand out in the in a, in a space that's getting much and more and more noisy, um, and, and also you know paying closer attention to the people that are testing different strategies. I mean, really, all the guests on your show, like we, pretty much every episode, you learn something unique that 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 particular team is has tried and has seen success or has tried and has failed, and think the the brands that pay attention to those things are are the ones that are going to be able to stay in the game or or stay ahead. I agree with you. And and also I think that there there's another element as well of that I've seen, I have experience with that, uh, that the in in some cases a company may have managed to grow from zero to one million, for example, in monthly visits, but it's a completely different game and above all the mindset, I would say, going from zero to 1 million uh, than to get from 1 million to, to 10 million. If it was the same, then there would be, let's not talk about uh, ClickUp's category, let's talk about um, another category, there would be 10 Canva. There is just one, mm-hmm. just one, and it dominates everything. Uh, why? Because I guess they, they, they understood that it's completely different you know, getting from zero to 1 million or 100K or whatever your goal is and a completely different game and above all a mindset getting beyond that. Um, but I, I agree with you. I agree with you. Yeah, I love when people say that. So like Google doesn't do everything well. I mean, look at all the things that Google shut down. 
So is there a future a future for publishers? Google's not going to do on the ground reporting in places that that's Google news. Like they want to aggregate the news, but if, if the news sites went away, then Google would have nothing in the news. So we need content. If we want to understand what the size, the SEO opportunity is, you just go straight to the numbers. So I don't know how much of this they share, but like you could look at the Google earnings reports and you could try to figure out how, like what the click through rate is on ads, like how much money is made from that click through rate. You could also look at the average click through rate on, on any, uh, any PPC blog and try to calculate the revenue that comes from that click through rate. So let's say that revenue is 10%. Let's say the, the revenue Google makes, I don't remember it, so I'm not gonna make up a number, but it's billions, hundreds of billions. Uh, it comes from a 10% click through rate. So all of that is 10%, right? Now give another 20 or 30% to zero click search. Now multiply, so let's say we're at 30%, right? So we're at 30% is taken up 20% by zero click search, 10% by clicks on ads. You now have 70% of all of the 2 trillion searches or whatever per month that are going to organic. That's the opportunity. What's the value of that opportunity? Well, you could just multiply that value to at least two times that total revenue number that Google earns. But I think it's so much higher. I think it's, that organic number is much higher. So organic's never going to go away. Google will never be in the business of providing all the content that every website will, will do. I mean, even from a local standpoint, they just can't. So, I mean, the, the search landscape is growing. And right now it's huge. Right now it's not dead and it's only going to continue to grow. Google's spending billions of dollars on creating devices, system devices, and and Android devices. They don't make money off of Android. They, don't, they give it away for free, right? They don't, they sell a, a single phone, which I love, but I, they sell a Pixel phone. And I don't think they make a ton of money off of that. It's really all about the Trojan horse. It's really all about doing more searches. They're not spending billions of dollars on this because people are going to stop searching. I had a client that told me that they didn't want to do SEO because they work with the younger people. Gen Z doesn't search. They just do Snap, uh, Instagram. Great. I, I think that Google doesn't think so, that generations will continue to search long into the future. They may not search the way we search today. They may not search by typing things. They may search by image. They may search by voice. They may search by video. They may search by glasses, right? But what it comes down to is what their searches they're doing are all going to be for websites. Google is going to throw their images. And if you do a search for an image, they'll show you an image, but it comes from a website. You do a search for a video and back to your other question about like zero, like continue with Google. The one place I think it's challenging to compete with Google is on video, but Google's aware of that. And they, and then there's a recent blog post about them talking to Vimeo and Twitch to try to get those things to search because that's a problem. That's a problem that when you do a video search, you basically only see YouTube and the government's going to be like, Hey, that's, that's not right. Right. So like, they're trying to get those other videos and to be like, well, Twitch and video are here too. But when you do these searches, you're going to be finding other websites and hopefully not just Google websites. So search is absolutely going to continue to grow differently than it is. Like you imagine like <laughs> SEO did die 10 years ago. If all you were expected to do is do like edit keyword search and click on something, it's completely changed, but SEO is going to continue to exist and the value that Okay, I like that because, you know, that's how we make a living. So one of the things that, that I feel 
especially with all of generative content coming along, is that the content and the SEO strategies and tactics that you choose will depend a lot on what stage your SaaS company is at. That's number one. Number two, I've seen uh, that probably the approach where SaaS companies use content just for SEO, that's going to change. There's going to be content that's not just optimized for SEO, but is also optimized for shared applet, for example. Uh, content that is more exciting, content that is more uh, interesting to the reader, content that stands out from other SaaS companies. So that's going to be the, the second uh, change that I see that's going to happen, simply because there's going to be so much more content with, with generative AI. Because I'm sure companies that don't have enough budget, they are going to try these tools where you can generate a blog post like probably ten twenty dollars and publish it on the web. So that's that's the second change. The third change that I'm looking at is there'll be a lot of content updates and and very few new blog posts getting published, at least with established companies. Uh, uh, for SaaS companies, I don't see a way, unlike a blog or a magazine, you're, you're not going to create an infinite number of blog posts. You're, you're going to create a finite number of blog posts that addresses the challenges that your users face. Uh, the, the value of your content uh, for SaaS companies basically is, is not just about grabbing eyeballs, but also making sure that, that they um, they get your ROI uh, for whatever uh, efforts you're publishing, whatever efforts you're putting into publishing or updating content. So those are the three things I think uh, for SaaS companies, uh, the future in, in SEO and content marketing. Uh, that's what say to me. I think there's a few things that will stay the same, right? There will be const continue constant change on organic social channels, right? Like there we. I know we're making investments in TikTok. You guys have seen our things, but that could change in the US, right? We could be looking at more Instagram reels or YouTube shorts. So I think we'll continue to monitor, you know, the changes on social. I think that's a big one. It's a huge channel for us. Um, and I think there is, um, there's definitely more, um, and we're seeing it now, right? Is this kind of self-reported attribution and again, how to attribute content to um, impacts within an organization. Um, I think there will still be questions around it. I think there will still be certain um, opinions about which channels and which levers kind of make the biggest impact. Um, you know, for us, it will continue to be, um, we'll still make more investments in the kind of the digital world, right? Podcasts and videos to to grow. Um, and we'll continue to prove the, the, the value of a, a follower as best we can, as much as we can, right? So I think there's there's still going to be, I think, um, constant conversation about like proving the value of of what a follower means or like what an email subscriber means until they become, you know, a customer. It's the the one of the hardest things to to continue to do. Um, and then I, you know, I don't know. I think there's, I think there we'll still see um, big investments in brand, right? Like I think we'll still see the the influencer model is coming up right people hiring influencers to promote brands i'm i'm curious to see how that continues to go for some people 
Um, and um, yeah, I think I think it's um, it's it's going to be interesting as we continue to want to desire attribution, but then also a need to serve our audience and our audience, as we know, sometimes gets away from gated content. They want everything for free. So it's, I think the challenge for content marketers is always like, how do we give our audience what they want, but still making measurable impacts is, is, uh, will always continue. 15 years in the SEO industry. Um, how do you think the next 50 years will be? Feel so old when you say that. Um, <laughs> um, I, I think it's just going to continue to be human focused. It's going to be whether it's written content, interactive content, um, whether it's on desktop, on your phone, it's not going to be on desktop. Um, it's going to be, you know, that type of human focused content. It's going to still be helping people find the information they're looking for, helping them throughout their journey and doing it, uh, you know, as quickly as possible both from a technical standpoint and an informational standpoint. Um, it's just helping the user. People want to, people are busy now. So maybe more than ever, um, people need to find the answers to questions quickly and have the, those answers be informative. Um, and that's just going to be what it is. That's what it is now. And that's what it will, will continue to be. I like it. I, if I had a dollar, I think for like every time. Someone's come up to me and asked, why can't we just use chat GPT to write 500 articles? Um, I'd be rich. But I mean, I get it. I get, you know, it, it for people to kind of be able to like write things so quickly and so effortlessly, I get that this is like an actual advancement. And I think we should always be embracing things that help us do our job better. Um, I think in terms of like the future of content marketing, these tools like ChatGPT um, are going to help us be more productive by writing outlines or getting rid of writer's block or trying to get 50 ways to write something on Twitter um, to, to spook one post. Like I think we should be using it. So, but coupled with that, and I've had this hunch since I was at Health Match where we were creating medical content. Um, and so medical content on Google is often reviewed by humans. Um, and we knew we needed to have on there some signals, some really strong signals that we were taking it kind of like really seriously and it was trusted content. And so we had medical reviewers listed. And now at Dovetail, again, I've adopted that. We have like subject matter experts listed on the page um, where they've reviewed content. And that's because I think content creation has become a little bit like the wild wild west in that anybody can spit up a page um, and it can kind of look and sound right and it's really hard for a user to differentiate what kind of looks and sounds right with what is really kind of solid and correct and I think with and it makes perfect sense I think they should I think Google are going to look for more signals that tell them that a real human touched this and a real human has agreed to put their name to it and verify it and that will matter in rankings i mean the new experience signal in like the eat i think it's a sign of that um and i think that's where we're going we're going to a place where we need more signals we should be giving more signals to our readers that we are giving them accurate, up-to-date, relevant information. 
Um, and, you know, maybe maybe it was written by a robot. That's totally fine. As long as it was checked by a human and fixed by a human, um, I think that gives the kind of the best information for people who are looking for it in Google. I like that. It's a, it's a great view. And also, I would say an optimistic one. Because, you know, many people are concerned nowadays that we are going to be replaced by like AI and things like that. I would say that as long as we do things in a unique way and, you know, we do things in a way that's not so easy for any system to replicate, I mean, we'll be fine. We just have to find ways to integrate those systems like into the ways that we work and, you know, in our process and so on and so forth. But I like the way you, you put it. It's, uh, it's a difficult question. I think that what we had before in the times, the, the times of jolly and happiness and 0% interest rates was SaaS companies starting getting investors and throwing a lot of money into PPC and just winning by that. And that was, was it five years? Was it, you know, it was a very, at least based on recent memory, it's, it feels like it was a very long time where some company just has a million dollar valuation based on nothing at all. Actually, and I think now in France, there was an AA company that has $250 million valuation and they ha don't even have a team. So maybe it's that time is not really over yet, but in any case, that was SaaS marketing for a while, which is just dump a lot of money there. Um, and then the, it freed up more, I guess, the organic space for other companies, you know, so they were either doing PPC or they're doing organic, but they knew that organic was difficult. So these new, uh, money heavy companies, they were just throwing it into PPC. And so it was slightly, maybe a bit easier for, for the other companies to focus and to spend time on organic search, um, organic results. I think that we are now going to see that companies just don't have so much money to spend on ads on PPC. So they're going to have to adapt and find other ways in order to distribute their content. Um, so yeah, it's going to be organic and it's going to be, I, I, my negative assumption is that it's going to be polluted a bit. Not only the fact that they don't have money to spend on PPC, which means that they have to focus on organic. Also the fact that AI is going to make it so easy for them to create this content that it's just going to be just oh, a sea of this kind of stuff. Um, and so it's going to be more important for us, good marketers to really understand and focus on the customer, have this image, this mental image in your head of what that customer is and how they speak and what they're looking for and not try to reach everyone, but try to reach at one person or those few people or that group of people, and then to speak their language and speak directly to them. So marketers now have to be much better at writing and communicating the value. And they're going to have to, they had to do it a while ago, but now, especially, I think it's going to be much more challenging that they're going to have to really focus themselves and understand what they offer essentially and what benefits that they have and what value they bring to their customer. And if they cannot do that, they're going to be lost in this sea of just information, not even content, just information. You know, I, I don't think that in any way 
there's, there's going to be less content being produced from this point forward. It's going to be more, it's going to be a lot more. I saw a, a video on Twitter where a guy was had a few API connections with ChatGPT and, and some other tool that he was using, and he was just publishing content every five minutes. You know, it's 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 a lot of content, and it's going to be a lot of crappy content. Um, and I think that one way is that it good content will more easily rise to the top. But also, if you're starting out, it's going to be difficult for Google or anyone to know that you have good content. And so you're going to have to you're going to have to be very innovative. You know, guerrilla marketing tactics may be cool comeback. People jump from skyscrapers. I don't know. <laughs> they will need to be much more innovative about attracting new attention. And the quality, the ones that are already established, they're going to have to, you know, really have this conviction. They're going to have to double down on what is working for them. They're going to have to explore other areas that they think could also work for them, where their target audience is. Yeah, that's a really good question and particularly timely. Um, you know, I've mentioned some of the things, but I think we can look to the next year to really be about if you look at the market for all content strategy, we'll see a lot of content strategy acceleration, content creation acceleration. Um, we'll see a lot of content refresh acceleration. So we'll see a lot more competition over the informational components of content. What that means is in three, four, five years, um, that will be so saturated that we can't compete over that. I mean, that's just not going to be able to be a viable uh, single tactic strategy anymore. So we have to start pushing ourselves a little bit. You know, I think what if you took your uh your content that currently is acquisition content that's just content strategy, like writing and maybe a couple branded assets, and thought differently about that. Like could you provide a an audible version of it? Like could you provide a podcast and a downloadable ebook version of it so that I can save it in any format? What about if you had a blog and instead of just being a blog, it was like Pinterest and you could heart to save content that you wanted to come back to. And you provided a digital experience of a library to your users or to your prospects where they could save things and be logged in and access their whole library. What if, if you had to do that, what content would you write that would be different than what you write today? Like it would have to be higher value. So you might have to give away more and you might have to start talking to your product team or your customer success team and really getting personal perspective on like expert level guidance that is beyond what's published on the internet today. Um, some people have talked about taking your informational content and putting a gate in front of it. That's going to be hard because you have to pay to play to, to have that discovered or create some sort of viral growth plan to, to get it out there um, in order to do that. What about the alternative, which is you still have the free content out there but you allow people to consume in any media that they prefer, and they can also give you an email and download it or access it in your rich library. It feels to them like Kindle. That feels to them like they really have a valuable set of guides that they're going to learn from. They're training themselves for their future career, and you're benefiting because you're generating an obvious brand-aware, product-aware user who sees you as the expert in what you do. Instead of a print book, uh, which you know used to be a really big trend, um, for marketers to, to sort of create a book about their SaaS tool um, or a, a kind of thought leadership book. Um, what if that was a part of your Kindle library or your Kindle-esque library access? Um, you know, we think about emotional resonance, personal perspective, uniqueness. Those are all going to be must-haves. Let's say you had 
um, you know, you have a robot that can dance, right? And that's like showing showing off what your SaaS tool can do. Can you make a digital experience that has that? Could you make a cool video game that is so awesome and retro, but like displays your time series data application or your conversational application? Like I can chat with, with Mario-esque characters in a 1990s style game. Could you make it so cool that your digital experience is one that I would want to share? And could you think about like leveraging shareability as a way to build authority, right? Like we, we, I feel like SEOs, um, we have evangelized our channel for a long time and it's amazing what's happening with that, you know, TikTok and YouTube and Instagram are like search engines to younger folks. So if you look at the way people search for information or younger, um, that might not go to Google, making sure to have campaigns like that, that are cool enough that you can leverage them for SEO authority building, SEO link building, and also they would be cool enough that someone would want to share it on TikTok or would want to share it on Instagram. I mean, you just, it's just really about thinking differently right now. And I think that there's a really cool opportunity for SEOs to really up-level our careers and our growth by like putting our toe in the water in other media that we might typically not go to or in other channels that we might typically not affect. Another episode of the SaaS SEO Show has wrapped. We hope this episode has taught you something new too. We'd like you to connect with us so you can keep up with all the new content that we're creating. Before you go, it would mean the world to us if you could subscribe to this podcast and over at our YouTube channel, where we upload the video version of this and every episode. Until next time.